Mom Training Podcast with Diana Ballard. Hey ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. We are going to talk about something so important today. Uh, this, this is a topic that I don't think we've really talked about here on the podcast. We have Kate today, who's a certified rapid transformational hypnotherapist. Um, she helps people overcome limiting beliefs and with their mindset. Uh, Kate, hi, welcome. Welcome to our show today. Hi, hi. So, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey and, and how you got to this place and what you do. Tell, tell us how, who you are. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I born and raised in Ukraine, but I came to Canada about six years ago and found myself in a very, very uh, down state of mind uh, that I couldn't really connect to anything, to myself, to, to, to my kids, you know, and to my partner. Uh, so I had to do something about it. So I tried lots of therapy, counseling, you know, podcasts until I actually found hypnotherapy that helped me overcome all of that trauma that I had in, in the childhood, right? Also, I was able to look at my kids and to see how they are react, like how they were in, impacted by, by my depression, you know, and postpartum depression and all of the emotions that were rolling in my head and mind. So yeah, that's, that's, that's my way, you know, and now I'm here and helping other people, you know, just to, to get free, to be free, to be themselves and to unlock and resolve everything from the past that they have. I love that. You know, something that really stood out to me of what you said was that like our limiting beliefs and our, our thought processes like really affect our kids. And I think that when we're in that hard time or we're not seeing clearly, I mean, we don't really think about, oh, I'm totally teaching my kid this belief, right? Because we don't, we might not even think that we have a limiting belief or that's like the issue or why we're having resistance or why there's a problem. And, you know, just, I mean, that thought of like, oh, everything that I'm doing, I'm teaching my children. Not only is it slightly scary, but it's like, man, I got to really take responsibility for who I am, how I'm thinking, what I'm doing, and kind of put in my own work for healing, right? Because it's it's a pretty big deal of, you know, passing these beliefs that could have been from generation, from generation, like down to our children. So let, let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me, tell me about how, how our actions, our words can really affect our children. Yeah, so uh, the first thing that every parent no matter if it's a mom or a dad, needs to really realize and to, to, to bring it to their attention is that every single baby is born as a pure sensation. There is no logic. As much as we want them to be logical, we want them to really understand from a very early age all of those processes that will make our life easier, like, you know, potty train or eating by themselves or everything, everything. They are pure sensations. They only react the only way they know how to with emotions. So, and we, every mom will resonate. The kids born absolutely lovable. They don't care what anyone thinks about them. They are, so it means that they are born abundant. Everything is available to them. Breastfeeding, whenever they want. Eating, pooping, peeing, everything comes easily. They, they feel the instincts, right? When they're, they will not eat more than they want. 
or they need for their body. However, as for parents, and we are stressed and sometimes a lot of things are going on in our life, we start to really expect our child, right, to do things that we that the child's still not ready to do. Like, you know, go clean your toys. Don't go there because it's too dangerous. Don't, of course, we need to, to, to do that because we are, we are cautious, right? We are afraid for their health, for safety. Uh, but we also need to come from a place where how my child is going to see that word that I'm telling. So, for example, if a child is two or three years old and a mom and dad are arguing, which happens in every family, they are starting to, you know, be very emotional, raise their voices. We think that the child is going to be okay and they will be okay. However, when a child looks at their parents who are fighting or arguing, they look and they form the belief, I, I, I can't help it. I can't do anything about it. I need to fix it, but I don't have a voice yet. So I'm either crying, which might not even help, or I'm just sitting down quiet and waiting for it to end. And they form the belief that maybe it's my fault. And it's not like we cannot argue. Of course we do, because we're humans. But we need to come from the place where we see our child and we talk about that with our child, even if the child is very small. Because child, children are sensations. You come to a baby who is 12 months old and you just had a fight with, with your partner or with your mom over the phone, you know, or with other kids who are in the house. But you come to that baby and you say, you know what? Mom was emotional. We are humans. It is all good. You are safe and I love you no matter what. And if the child is a little bit older, two or three, and can already kind of listen a little bit, we absolutely can explain more. You know what? Mommy and daddy didn't agree on the thing, but we are going to be okay. We will figure it out. It is nothing to do with you. It is our emotions playing. And the child, we think that maybe the child is like, oh yeah, yeah. And then they go play with their toys. But in reality, they understand. They understand, okay, mom, make sure that I'm safe. And that happens with any age, even if the child is eight or 12. And I've noticed that myself. When I argue with my partner, with my husband, my daughter comes to me and say, mom, are you going to be okay with dad? And she's 12. And it's like, okay, sweetie, what do you think about our fight or our argument? And she's like, well, I think that it's like, is it something to do with me? Even though she knows, she still asks that same question. It is, it is something to do with me. So this is what we need to do. Even if we do yell or, or raise our voice or we are stressed and our kids see that, when we come down, we need to go to our kids and like explain what happened. In that way, any trauma that the child might form, it is not isolated. So it's not going to be that strong and the child is going to be okay. Well, and you know, when you were talking about that, it made me think about when I was a child and some decisions that I made like instantly, I mean, snap of a finger, like, oh, this is how it is. This is who I am. I'm never doing this again. I'm never trusting this again. And it really is, 
a split second moment. And which is, you know, obviously like we can't prevent all those moments, but, you know, doing what we can to try to help, you know, someone decompress, realize that it's not their issue or, you know, helping change that belief around. I, you know, we're not, none of us are perfect. And a lot of times, like I, in, in my own, like, you know, meditation and spiritual time or praying or whatever, like I, I pray a lot, like, please help me redeem <laughs> the messes I have made in my children, because I mean, there's, they're going to be there. Right. And so like, yeah, please forgive me for yelling at them or for getting mad about something or, you know, do whatever it might be. But on top of that, like, is there a way for me to fix any messes that I've made, you know, when I was hormonally imbalanced or upset or struggling with something or just, you know, out of the blue, they caught, you know, a, a glimpse of a fight or whatever it might be, you know, um, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that about like when belief systems are made, can they be redeemed? Can they be like turned around and be like, oh, okay, well, I thought that was true, but actually what's true is I'm loved or it, it wasn't my fault. And, and, you know, I'm, I don't affect everything in my environment. I'm still loved and worth it and things like that. Tell me your thoughts about that. Absolutely. You know, and what you asked, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And yes, and needs to be done. No matter what age your child is at, they are absolutely so suggestible. We are, as adults, we are super suggestible. We form our beliefs all the time and we change them very often. When you were young without kids, you had the beliefs of one kind and then you got the kids and everything flipped over and now your beliefs are completely different. Your values, priorities are different, right? The same with the kids. Kids are very suggestible. So if the kid formed the belief that, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Like my mom always tells me to, to do good in school, but I kind of somehow cannot really, I don't like math. I don't like science. I love, you know, dancing and, and soccer. And then when they come home and the dads or, or moms start to be like, you know, you need to go, you know, you need to do that. You need to do that. If you don't do that, I'm going to be mad. Of course, they form the belief that I am not good enough. I'm only good when I bring good marks from grades from school. If that happens, coming from the no guilt, no shame, no blame, self-blame point, we always can change those beliefs for kids. At some point, I came up to, because I was the same, I was so focused on my kids' education that she formed the belief that I only love her when she brings good grades. So when she got AC, she went into a panic mode. She went into a panic mode. I was like, why? Because I think that you will be mad at me. So already at the age of like 11 or 10, so I had to really sit down with, with her and I talked to her, you know what? I made a mistake. Really, I thought that grades were so important, but at the same time, now I understand something even more important, that your happiness is more important for me. And she looked at me and she's like, really? I'm like, yes, I don't care what math grade you're going to bring <laughs> because life is so, so much more than just your school. School is just one stage of your life. And there are so many people who didn't do great in math, but still did great in their life. So this doesn't matter. 
and she changed that belief. Out of that serious situation where I admitted that I was wrong, being like admitting in front of our kids that we are wrong is one of the hardest skills to learn, <laughs> especially when they're teenagers, you know, and they, they are always right. <laughs> it seems like that. But yeah, admitting that, you know what, I was wrong. I thought like that. I thought that appearance was so important, but it's actually not. So you know what, Jane or, or Jackie or, or Rebecca, let's get away from it. Let's start to form a new belief. And kids are absolutely incredibly suggestible. And I work with kids and I see that. They see the change in their face. You know, oh, actually, I'm actually lovable. You know, I love myself first. So they, they do change their beliefs very often. So it's very, very possible. And it needs to be done at any age. Well, then as we're starting to see them have certain actions or responding to things in certain ways, kind of the thought process is what are they thinking? What are they believing? You know, and be able to really dive into that and think of, well, what, <laughs> what is actually going on in their head right now? And what might they be, you know, being influenced by, and I guess asking questions, is that what you'd kind of recommend with kids is to maybe start asking questions about what they think or like, tell me a little bit about that. Like what, like, how would you actually dive in and like, know that like they're struggling with a belief? Yeah. So technically you become an observer. So we always become very emotional and sometimes cannot observe what we say, but we usually come down. We usually come down, get, you know, we are okay. And when we are okay, we can think, okay, what did I tell to my kid? I told her to go to her room and, you know, come down. I go to the kid and I was like, how did you feel when I send you to your room to cry it out? Like, imagine that you can tell anything to me. And it might have a little bit of a time for the, for the kid to open up, but they will. When, they, when you come and you're calm and you're relaxed and you're really open, you know, I want to understand that if I made a mistake, I want to make it better for, for both of us. And usually if you do that, they will be like, oh, so she doesn't really think that she's always right. <laughs> Maybe she'll even apologize. <laughs> so kids love that, you know, and they were like, yeah, you know what? I feel like you don't care about me. You don't really, I feel like that that moment you just wanted to get rid of me or something like that. And then you're like, okay, let's talk about that. And then you explain that, you know what? Ma, like, you know, honey, sweetie, I, I have my own ego that plays around. And sometimes, you know, and usually kids will admit it as well. They will be like, yeah, I think I was like, I also was very, you know, emotional. So usually it goes both ways. As soon as you put that, because we, I was a very, let's say, ego driven. I was waiting for my daughter to come and apologize for, for what she did. And then what happened is she became a people pleaser. Saying sorry 2,500 times. Mommy, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry, mommy. I'm so sorry. And that's your first kind of a flag, red flag. You know, oh, so something happened in the last couple of years, right? So asking questions, how did you feel when I sent you to the room? How did you feel when I was fighting with your dad? How did you feel when I yelled at you for, for bad mark at school? How did you feel when I 
you know, left you there or like, so all of these questions, how did you feel? What did you want the most in that moment? And they usually will tell you, oh, I just wanted support. I wanted you to just understand me, you know? And so you will, with these questions, kids open up. Cool. I love that. Well, so that's how we can kind of recognize with kids. Now tell me how we can recognize it in ourselves, right? We have these behavioral patterns. Like how can we recognize that that's something that we are, you know, creating a problem in someone else, right? Which again, we're, we're only in charge of ourselves. Okay. We're not, you know, they're also making their own choices, but we can as adults try to be the best influences possible. So how can we identify behavioral patterns in ourselves? Yeah, it's very good. We can use like a regression scale. And it's a very easy tool that any mom or any dad can do it at home by themselves. So when they fight or when they are emotional, or there is something that happened, they yelled at the kid or they were stressed. They made a decision that they regret. They sit down by themselves, not even closing their eyes, and they remember who acted exactly the same way in my house when I was growing up. And then you're like, oh, well, my dad used to yell at me all the time. Of course. And then you're like, so that's not me. I'm just inherited, more like absorbed the belief from my dad. If my dad was yelling, then I saw that it's okay to yell as well. The same will happen with um, self-image. When we are not happy with how we look like, we go back and we remember how our mom thought, what she thought about ourselves, what our teachers and best friends in school thought about themselves, what environment I grew up in. Oh, so all of my best friends were so um, centered on the looks that I grew up being the same. <laughs> so our mom or a caregiver or a teacher or a nanny, you can form that belief from anyone, but you will be able to understand who else in my life when I was growing up did exactly the same. And it's always going to come to someone from the parents or brother or siblings. And then you are like, oh, so that's not me, actually. I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my mom, you know? I want to be better. Though I love them, but I want to be better. So we start to then be more observant of our like like our actions and behaviors. And then we when we fight with someone at home or we are stressed, we can like, oh, so that's that's my dad is talking in me. <laughs> yeah. Well, then how do we break those triggers? How do we, how do we break the inner conflict to, to better connect with our kids? Like that's, that's the real question here is, okay, we are able to recognize in ourselves and in our children, some, some bad mindsets or some, you know, things that we've learned, emotional patterns we've learned from past relationships or how, you know, we were raised or whatever. So how do we break those cycles? How do we, how do we turn that around and have a healthier environment and relationship with our children? Yeah. So every, every pattern that we want to adopt or any habit we want, it's a skill. It's like learning to drive a bicycle. What we need to do is to get on the bicycle more often. 
which means that you need to be observant of your triggers or of your behaviors, even if it already happened, even if it already happened. And it usually will be like that. Usually you'll be reactive and then you'll be able to come back and like, oh, that's why it happened. But the more often you will do that, the more often we ask ourselves these questions, the more you're going to move, shift it before the reaction. So you'll become, oh, I actually recognize that situation. Your kid comes from school and he just forgot his water bottle, you know, again, probably the 25th water bottle. And you're like, you want to boil, you know, you want to boil up. But then you're like, oh, so that's my mom who was yelling at me all the time because I forgot my code at school. So you got, it will come naturally. It will become an organic process. So just trust in yourself. Once you started one day, second day, second month, you'll notice the difference. That you'll become more observant of yourself and of your kid. And you will be able to shift it before it happens. First couple of weeks, it's going to happen after the, the conflict or, you know, or the emotion. But later on, it will become before that. And you'll be able to stop it. I love that. Yeah, that, that's that's hope to, to us mothers or parents or whatever, because, you know, we're not, nobody's perfect. And as I mean, we're thrown into, and I say thrown into, because there's not like a, a complete training book for each mother, right? There's things we can learn and things we can practice and strategies and skill sets we can, you know, implement in our life. But you know, when you become a mom, it's literally hard knocks from the, the second you become, you know, that, that baby's in your life, you, you have your own baggage, you have your own thoughts, you have the own things that you're already working on. And now you're, you know, taking in another life. You're, you're teaching another human who is going to grow up into an adult and start their own journey. Right. So it's like this big cycle. So, and I mean, we want the best for our kids. We want them to learn good things. We want to be a good influence for them. I mean, I believe that most parents do, right? That's that's really what our goal is as a parent is to try to raise our kids up right, right? And whatever that means for that person, right? Meaning, you know, lots of different ways of doing that. But how we believe is creating a good person, having them go into you know, the workforce or creating their own family with the best tools that they can. So I guess what, what is, what is one thing you would say to a mom that is like, man, I got some things that I really want to change. I feel like I've been stuck in these cycles for so long and I, I just really want to be a better mom. And it's because of X, Y, Z, right? These are the things I really want to change. What would you say to her in this moment right now? The main thing for every mom, for every young mom or already very like, you know, mature with a lot of kids or just one kid or even just a pregnant mom, right? Future mom, no self-blame. And it's a science. A person is not responsible for the actions that they are not aware of. If we are not aware of what, where it's coming from, where that reaction is coming from, our unconscious is super strong. It is much stronger than our logic. So when a mom comes to like, oh my God, I could have done it differently for all of these 10 years. I was raising my kid with all of these limiting beliefs. Emotions off. Self-blame off. We are not, we cannot blame ourselves for the things 
that we didn't know. It's like you have never learned how to create an IT software, right? Then you are not responsible for, for creating because you don't know how to do that. The same with any, any pattern, any behavior. You didn't know better. You knew the only way that you were taught or you saw around it. And once you be, but once you become more aware, like I want to change it. I want to really change it. You'll be more acceptable. Oh, okay. Now I know. Now I'll be able to change it. So this is about knowledge. So educating yourself, you know, like, oh, what can I do differently? What, but no blame and no shame because we are amazing, all of us. We are humans. If I tell your audience that my daughter was three and I was at the birthday party and I got so drunk that my kid just left the house and was standing on the street by, by herself at like midnight. So I could just sit there and for, for nine years blame myself for that. And I did blame myself for so long for what I did, right? Because I was so unconscious, so deep in my trauma that I couldn't even raise my kid. <laughs> However, now I bring her, I come and talk to her. It's like, you know what? Mom had a depression, but not anymore. Yes, mom was very hormonal, <laughs> but not anymore. Mom did drink a lot because that's the culture in Ukraine and it's transgenerational, you know. I was like, but not anymore. I've learned my mistakes. And she knows that. It's like mommy smoked for so many years since she was 12, but not anymore. And I tell her all of that. Why did I smoke? Why did I drink? And she's like, oh, yeah, mommy. Okay, I understand that, right? So I could have blamed myself all that, those years, and I did, but it doesn't do any good. It just kind of brings you to another looping process. So it's better to like, okay, that happened. What can I do now? So it's also the gift of, and the, the skill set of being able to let go. Absolutely. To let go of the past, let go of yesterday, forgive ourselves, move on. And one of the, the biggest things that I think human, the human race needs to feel and understand and that is, is available to them is they have a choice every single day, every single moment to help move their life in a more positive direction. Cause I know sometimes in motherhood, you can start to feel locked in sometimes. I mean, it's, you know, that we don't have as much freedom or that, you know, or we're losing ourselves or where things are changing or we're constantly doing the same things every day, but just realizing that when we're feeling stuff like that, when there's, when there's discontent, when there's stuff that we're just, just something isn't right, that we have a choice literally in this moment and the next moment to come to be able to move our life to a better option, to make a better choice, to just change the direction of things. And I think that's a, a huge, amazing thing to remember. Absolutely. And uh, the one thing that is really important also, and it's a great tip. So very, a lot of people who are like, maybe let's just say gurus, right? Or mindset coaches, right? The science of the mind is when you feel very overwhelmed, this is your point of growth. When the people are so overwhelmed, they actually come to some decisions. Okay, this I'm done. I'm going to go and start to organize my life. 
So usually why do we start to make changes in our life? Because we fall very low, right? We understand that our life is a mess. That's how moms start to plan ahead. That's how moms start to organize their wardrobes, you know, become minimalist or what, whatever they choose to because they understand that it cannot go on anymore. They feel very overwhelmed. So I want to point something out real quick of what you said with that is that us being upset or angry is a huge motivator for change. Now, and sometimes we're like, oh, I don't, I can't be upset. I don't want to be discon Like I, I want to feel peace and joy and, and I love every bit of my life. But if we always felt that we would never be pushed out of our comfort zone. Like if we think of when we're upset, when we're mad, when we're sad, that's being uncomfortable. And so that's an opportunity for us to change. Absolutely. To, to find a decision. And even, even you can go back and you find out all of your big decisions that you made in your life came from that point where like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore, or I need to change something. They come from this dark place in our minds, right? This dark place of being upset, being uncomfortable, right? But success and happiness and joy is that out of that comfort zone, usually. Amen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Okay. Awesome. That was, that was some, some great tips there. So pretty much to wrap it up is that we all have things that, you know, have influenced us from the past and could potentially be transferred to our children and the people around us. And we definitely want to be aware of that, be an observer in our own life and our children's lives and really put in the effort that we need to, to change, change that habit. And that there's hope, there's hope for us. There's something that we can do every day to change the direction of our life. So why don't you tell us where people can find you? Tell us where your, your website and where they can find you on social media. We'd love to know that. Yeah, I'm very active at social media. So I have like a Facebook page, which is Kate Samenuk Hypnotherapy. I have Instagram page that I post every single day. And I post about parenting, fears, anxiety, overwhelmed feelings. And it's Kate Samenuk as well. And I also have a website, which is katesamenuk.com. And it's very easy to connect with me. I usually respond everywhere. Very open tips, advices, you know. Absolutely. Happy to help. That's awesome. And you, you do a discovery call for people, right? Yes, I do. I do. People who want to find out about my service and how it can help them move forward faster, you know, to overcome limiting belief faster, you know, then absolutely. I do the discovery call so we can see if hypnotherapy session can help them uncover the root, the cause of the, of the issue. I love that. Yeah. So, um, thank you so much, Kate for sharing your wisdom with us. It's, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. Um, ladies, so make sure that you go and check out Kate. I will have her links in the show notes for you and go, go see what she has to share. She has some really great wisdom that she can, can share with you and help you in your parenting journey and to feel just better as an individual and as a mom. And ladies, if you've liked what Kate has taught today, I highly recommend we're going to be doing a mom training session with Kate on our limiting beliefs from our childhood. So we're pretty much going to take what we learned in the podcast today and dive a lot deeper. 
we're going to go into, into really being able to recognize and how to open that up and also have a Q&A where we can ask questions. Make sure you head over to dianaballer.com and join mom training so that you can be in this session. And that is going to be in a week and a half. So you want to make sure you're in mom training. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining us. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And we'll see you guys next Tuesday on the mom training podcast.